Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So everything you need has already been provided. So in case you're joining us for the first time in this series, I don't want you to go with the impression that in order for God to work in your life, you have to fast. Since we are talking about fasting. Because you've missed the previous stuff. When you look at a tree, what you're seeing is simply what's above ground. There is things that are below the ground that you don't see. So I want you to understand that everything you need, everything. Now, some people think, yeah, up to a certain extent. But not really everything. But I can tell you, unless the Bible is not true, it is everything. It says he has, we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness according to the knowledge of God. So that's one. And then this everything, how do you know that everything that has already been provided, it's in the word of God. You look in the word, whatever is there is provided. That's the second point, right? And then the point is if it's provided but you can't access it, you're going to be hungry. So how do you access it? That's when we talk about prayer, fasting, giving. Among other things. It's not the only way. There are many. That's why the Bible is not two pages. Alright. It's many pages. It's full of instruction on how to live life successfully and significantly here on earth. Alright. Okay. But being too serious today. By the way, which animal was the hardest to trust on the ark? The hare? Why? <laughs> uh-huh. Which animal was the hardest for Noah to trust? No, it was a cheetah. Okay. <laughs> Some of you are getting it. So the three main faith keys are fasting, uh, prayer, fasting, and giving. So we corresponded this spirit, word, soul, prayer, body, fasting, others, giving. And we say that to know what's in your spirit, you have to read the word. That's what the Bible says. That the word, the Bible, the word of God is like a spiritual mirror. If you want to know what's in your spirit, you have to look in the word of God. You can't feel it. You can't go by your feelings. Just like when you're doing makeup, ladies, you don't go by your feelings. What do you do? You look in the mirror and you trust what the mirror is saying to you. If it's a good mirror. <clears throat> Some of those mirrors, they can make you look thinner than you really are. Or wider than you really are. So... The mirror has to be trustworthy. But you trust the mirror. You don't go by how you feel. Likewise, for you to understand who you are in Christ, you don't go by what you feel. 
You trust the mirror when it says you're the righteousness of God. Guess what? You may be feeling drought. You may be feeling like the worst sinner. But here is the truth. You are the righteousness of God. If it says that you are prosperous and wealthy, guess what? You're prosperous and wealthy. Even when you insert that ATM card and they tell you insufficient funds, you're still, he became poor that you might be made rich. That's your status in the spirit. And to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So I don't know. You may look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, the natural mirror. And then you look in Psalm 100, what? 39, and it says that what? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And don't corrupt that verse by saying some people are more fearfully, others more wonderfully. So spirit what? Soul prayer. The purpose of prayer is soul prosperity. When you're a prayerful person, you will not be shaken by the things that are happening around you because your interpretation of those realities is very different from a person who is not praying. You are not experiencing reality. You are experiencing your brain's interpretation of reality. And now today we talk about the fasting and the body. We'll look at that briefly. And then next Sunday, don't miss because we are getting to one of my best parts, the giving part. So, where do we get this? Matthew 6, when Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then he says, and when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Don't look like an Old Testament prophet. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will write you openly. That's and we're going to look at it at briefly. And when you do a charitable deed, when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't announce it to the whole world that you gave so and so. 12,000 shillings. That your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Okay, so let's go to the fasting part. Fasting. Did I press the wrong thing? Me? So what is fasting? Now, I would encourage you to get a little book downstairs called Fasting Simplified. It's only 5,000 things. We'll answer a lot more in the book than we can in one someone. But really, it's, you deny yourself food or fluids or certain types of foods for a certain period for spiritual reasons. So it has a beginning and an end. You don't just become a lifelong faster. And fasting is not dieting. Dieting is for health reasons. Fasting has health benefits, but the primary reason is different. Alright? Now, there are certain depths. Let me now get into it. There are certain depths that you, you believers, you will never get to until you start embracing the discipline of fasting. Let me even come closer. Because fasting is not a spiritual gift. God has not given it to some and then bam before you, you were given ushering or something. No. 
It's not. Yeah. Because even me, I don't look like I have that gift. <laughs> yeah. I know. Some people miss meals because <clears throat> the purchasing power issues. So, that also might not be fasting. So, fasting <laughs> is delivery. Now, think about it. I just brought out a few things to excite our minds. One, Jesus launched his ministry with a, a long 40-day fast. Now, before that, Jesus was still the son of God. He was still all those things, but man, stuff happened when he came back from that fast. The Bible says he entered Capernaum and it was noised that he was in the house. My God. Mm, you, the usual you that your friends think they know. My God. People will start saying, there's something different about this lady, this guy. It was noised that he was in the house. An interesting fact. Remember the Transfiguration, Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was there and then Elijah and Moses came and joined him and then uh, the two disappeared and only Jesus was left to mean that the old covenant which is the law and the prophets, Moses represents the law Elijah represents the prophets have been replaced by Jesus the Savior, salvation Amen, who is the author of the new covenant, but you know that all the people in that picture had had supernatural 40-day dry fasts. Now, I seriously do not recommend that you try a 40-day dry fast because thou mayest perish in the flesh. But you can try a 40-day one with fluids. That one you can do comfortably. No problem. But think about it. Like all these people who hold the three dispensations of Law, prophets, and grace all had a supernatural 40-day dry fast. What do you think? Mm. All right. Paul and Barnabas, Antioch, they were praying, ministering to the Lord while fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, separate from me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I've called them to, and then they were launched out in great power. Paul says he was in fastings often. My own story is that when I was at campus, and uh, one day a guy called Joseph Lutuama interested me in a program at St. Francis called Come Alive, and it was not too recent. So he told me, this was Thursday, he told me tomorrow Friday when we go for fellowship, I will introduce you to our leader of Come Alive 96. I'm still young. Going for 120 men, so I've just only done a third of the count, you know. So he says, I will introduce you to our leader in Come Alive 96 so on Friday. Joseph Lutwama introduces me to Patrick Minda, who was the leader of Come Alive 96. I joined late. I joined late. But then he told me, yeah, great. In, in fact, it's good you've come. Tomorrow, Saturday, we have a prayer and fasting retreat. 
So my very uh, so for those who may not know, Kama Life 96 now then led to Kama Life Ministries, which led to Worship Harvest Ministries, which led to Worship Harvest Church. So you could say in exact terms that my very first step into this stream of this ministry, which was from St. Francis, Uncle Ben, and whatever flowed out, was the day of fasting. Now you may want to know that I had not been like fasting before then. <laughs> So they, want to kill me? I hadn't been a faster. So my very first day into ministry, my very first day into ministry was a fast day. <laughs> my very first day into ministry was fast day. So there's something about living life in the fasting lane that unleashes certain things that you have not yet encountered. And the thing is, God is no respecter of persons. God doesn't use me because I'm Mose and my name starts with an M. <laughs> no! God is looking for people who trust him. And what fasting does for us First, it, look, whether you fast or not, God doesn't love you more because you fasted. No. What fasting does for us, it reduces our level of unbelief. And we start seeing God more clearly. And what he's capable of doing more clearly. Amen. Amen. So Jesus on fasting, the practice. So this is what he said. And we, were, we read half of this verse. Together, let's read together Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Together, huh? Moreover, when? Tell your neighbor, when? Not if. <laughs> Are they looking surprised? They're like, what? Even in grace? I thought it is finished. Of course it is finished. It is finished. The point is, have you got it yet? He says, moreover, when you fast, uh-huh, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. In other words, even hypocrites fast. In other words, there is a right and wrong way to fast. And there is a right and wrong motive to fast. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. In other words, you shouldn't look like it when you're fasting. Assuredly, I said to you, they have their reward. If you fast to be recognized by others as a professional faster, <laughs> you have your reward. The reward is the recognition. Oh, you are a faster. Yeah, we acknowledge thee, thou most fastest. And you have your reward. Hunger for nothing, really. <laughs> But when you says <laughs> when, but when you fast, when what when not if when you fast, anoint your head. Have you heard of lotion? <laughs> Have you heard of deodorant, brothers? Anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. 
but your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in secret will reward you openly my goodness this is good this is good huh? so well fasting is expected there are right and wrong ways and motives to fast for example if you fast to be loved more by god that's a wrong motive to fast because you're already loved by god if you fast because you are fighting with your neighbor or someone else and you're fasting so that something bad happens to them Did Jesus die so that your neighbor can have problems? Yeah, there I'm telling you there are people who fast for strife. There are people who fast against each other. Huh? You're there, you're fasting so that Arsenal can beat ban you. You are fasting to inflict emotional and sporting pain. On other people. So fasting, the Father who sees in secret, fasting is private practice. Except when you're fasting as a group, there are many biblical examples where people fasted as a group, as a church, as a fellowship, as a traveling party. There was even one time a whole city fasted. Nineveh. The Bible says they didn't know their left hand from their right hand. That's how lost they were. So if you're going to have a whole city fasting, someone needs to talk about it. So those are different scenarios. But individual fasting is between you and God. And says he will reward you openly. There are open, visible benefits to fasting. So that's the practical. Now the theology. The theology is in this verse. Matthew 17, 19-21 says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? There was a certain demon they failed to cast out. Let me ask you. Have you asked Jesus that question lately? Privately? Why? Why? Why didn't they get healed? Why did the deal fall through? Why didn't it work? It's right here. It's written in the word. Why didn't it work? Yeah? Why could we not cast it out? You have already given us authority to cast out demons. We have already been doing that all over the place. This one jammed. Anyone come across stuff that has jammed? I have many times. All the time. So what do we do when we come across stuff that has jammed? We pretend as if it didn't happen. We just move on. No, it's good to do what? what? What's that? M and E? A what? Yeah, that's monitoring and evaluation. All this demon left. This one left. This one left. This one refused. And we were using the same name of Jesus. We need an explanation. Mm. Come on, people. So he said, because of you, what's the reason? He didn't say because of your lunch. <laughs> he didn't say because of your 
No, it's because of your unbelief. For as sure as I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you said to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move, nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. What is he talking about? What does not go out except by prayer and fasting? The unbelief. The reason is up there. Because of your unbelief. So some people think some demons only go by prayer and fasting. No. And let's use demons here extensively to include all the other things for which you are having faith but not yet seen the results. Are we together? Yeah. So unbelief is the issue and what Jesus is saying is that prayer and fasting is designed to deal with not demons, that's the name of Jesus that deals with that, to deal with unbelief. I have faith that this thing works. See? So it's unbelief. Now, sorry to take you into the details, but he said this kind, this kind, in other words, there are other kinds. Alright. What is he talking about again? Unbelief, not demons. He didn't say, now this particular demon goes by prayer and fast. No. He says the unbelief does not go except by prayer and fasting. But he didn't say that all unbelief goes by prayer and fasting. No. He says this kind of unbelief. Are, are you tracking with me? This is a very important detail that many people would rather not deal with. And so sometimes you don't know how to get the results you're looking for. So this kind, so there are three kinds of unbelief that I can identify quickly. The first kind of unbelief is unbelief due to a lack of knowledge. You don't believe because you don't know. Alright? So before someone told you that God loves you and you believed it, did you experience the love of God? No. Why? Because you thought, like my friend was testifying here, that God is judgmental. He can smell your alcohol from a distance and decide what he will not do for you. <laughs> so, do you have so much faith that he's going to do something for you? When you've been told that God sees your sin, my brother. Don't even think of it. No. You also just come and say, Monaga, let's keep going. Maybe one day God will change his mind and be kinder. But the Bible says he has loved us with an everlasting love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. Amen. So, one kind of unbelief is because of a lack of knowledge. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, when you don't hear it, you don't have faith for it. So when you don't have faith for it, what do you have in it instead of faith? You have unbelief. So there is a kind of unbelief that is rooted in just ignorance. Not knowing. And because you don't know, you don't experience the second kind of unbelief is rooted in wrong doctrine or theology or teaching. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you make the word of God of no effect because of your traditions which you have passed down through generations. Do you know the worst thing that can ever happen to your faith is tradition? Okay. 
You see, some of us love tradition so much we are willing to switch off our brains and not think because tradition says this. But Jesus said tradition can kill your faith. How? It makes the word of God of no effect. Now, if the word of God is not effective in your life, what do you have? Unbelief. That's what the Pharisees had. So, wrong doctrine, yeah? Wrong doctrine. Some people have been told that healing stopped in the first century. Even when we stand here and testify one testimony after another how people have got healed. They will not get healed because in their mind, God doesn't heal anymore. I don't know why God can just decide to be worse and worse with time. Or weaker and weaker. For that matter, like he, he used to heal, now he no longer does that. He's growing old. So the other kind of unbelief is written in what? Wrong doctrine, wrong thinking. Yeah? There are traditions. Now, let me not spare you. I was going to, but I will not be fair. There are traditions that say that the, only the pastor is supposed to do certain things. Where is that in the Bible? Since he has made us, who is us? We, all of us. Kings and priests. Everyone here is in the priesthood. Every believer is called to ministry. There are no people who are called and others are warm. No. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone has a ministry. If you believe in Jesus. You're called to ministry. You're called to make disciples. You're called to mission. You're called to extend the kingdom of God. That's not for the church leaders or whatever they are called. Are you with me? What's that? Tradition. So because of tradition, you have four billions of believers filled with the Holy Spirit who are not mobilized to mission. They are waiting for the men of God to do the work of ministry. The Bible says that we are to equip the saints. Who is the saint? Are there any saints in here? You are, we are to keep the saints for the work of ministry. Whose job is the work of ministry? Ah, uh-uh, say mine. Okay. You know the same way kids fight for their toys? Huh? That's mine, mine. That's the same way you should, that's the same attitude you should have to ministry. Mine. <laughs> Whose job is the work of ministry? Why? What's Moses, Job, and other people who lead the church? Equip. That's, it. that's why we are a little short on entertainment around here. And big on teaching. <laughs> we are short on entertainment. We are big on equipping. Because you are the one supposed to be raising the dead. You're the one supposed to be healing the sick. So we can't make healing the sick the show of Sunday morning. Why? That's your work. My work is to equip you to go do it in the bank, in, in, on the streets, in, in, at home. Am I making sense? 
So church traditions. Traditions. And some people think it's only the Catholics and Anglicans who are traditional. No! Pentecostals have traditions that blow the mind, right? I just say that people don't pretend about it. Even the screen is gone. Okay, I have some. The third kind of unbelief, the one that Jesus is talking about here, is the unbelief that comes with the negative experience of the condition. Like you believe you have the right theology, like if you come to worship harvest, you definitely have the right theology. Otherwise, you need to come see me. Uh, You know the truth, the truth has been declared to you, you know that by his stripes I was healed. That's what the Bible says. So I'm not confused about that too. You know that God loves me and has already deposited healing in me. And So it's not, you don't have confusion with your doctrine. He didn't stop healing in the first century. But then you're still experiencing what? The sickness or unhealth. And the more you experience it, the more you experience it, the more a stronghold grows in your mind of, I don't think this is going to work. That's the unbelief that goes by prayer and fasting. That's what Jesus is. Do you know? Do you know why? What did the father say in this story? What did the father say? He said that the boy who was being helped had been like that from childhood, and every time he gets an attack, he throws himself into the what? Into the fire. So just seeing that constantly throughout the life of the young man had led the father to a point of despair and unbelief that they will be that it will be well. So some of you, you may have the doctor, whatever told you many years ago, you basically have adjusted to living with the thing. That kind goes is not except by prayer and fasting. Ah, yeah, yeah. Are you with me? Okay. Just when I'm out of time, we reach the benefits of fasting. Thank you, Lord. I need God to help me because I'm preaching too slowly today. Slower than I want to. Isaiah 58. So he talks there. He addresses issues of the right kind of fasting, the motive, etc. So we cut out all of that. So if you want all of it, go and read Isaiah 58. It's all there. But now we only deal with the benefits part. All from where we think it may make sense. He says, is this not the fast that I have? Chosen to lose the heavy, uh, the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Now, this can be looked at in two different ways. The most obvious way, he's rebuking them for thinking they are fasting while they are oppressing people at the same time. But the other way, if you look at it, the eyes of the spirit is to say that fasting can actually result into this. To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Okay, stick with me. Let's just deal with the benefits as quickly as we can. Have you ever, I don't know about you, maybe for you, 
you've reached the point where these things are not, they don't bother you anymore. But have you ever got to a point and you found maybe a sick person or a lame person or a crippled person? Basically, a person who needs some sort of divine intervention. Yeah? Or a broke person. You know, even broke people need divine intervention. Yeah? And then it hit you, it hit you that the thing that person needs is inside of you. But somehow you, you, you are having difficulty, what? Getting it out. Yeah? Yeah. Has it ever bothered you? Like, you go to these places and you're like, man, if Jesus was here, the story would be different. Now the problem is Jesus is actually there. In the person of you. But the story is not changing. Has it ever bothered you? Now you know why. To lose the bonds of wickedness. To, to break every yoke. That, that, that. He says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? You bring your, to bring to your house the poor cast out. Poor cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Wow. Amen. So, the generosity that comes out of this kind of supernatural lifestyle. Then he gives that. He start, now, let's quickly look at a few benefits. Says, what does he say? Then your light shall break forth. It's not like creeping in slowly, slowly. It shall what? Break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, not slowly. My goodness. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. My goodness, think about that. Your light shall break forth. Light, revelation, understanding. Amen. One day, not too recently, I was doing a three-day dry fast and I was at a friend's place. Uh, that means you don't actually take anything for three days. It's very interesting. When you're going to do that one, sometimes you not you don't need to be work, at work. You need to do it when you have a what? Uh, uh, on leave and off work. Because your body yeah, can really become weak. Well, even just going to pick up something on the other table there, it, you you think about it, you plan, and you, you know, hours can go by as you're thinking about how to go and get the book on the table. Drive fast, try it. it it's fun. So I was doing it, and then I opened my Bible and read Psalm 32. And I saw things that I had never seen in the Bible. My eyes were open. I was seeing stuff in the Word that ordinarily I would never see. That's what they mean by your light shall break forth. Your revelation break forth. You start seeing the way you ought to. You start seeing yourself the way you ought to. You start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Amen. Your healing shall 
spring for it's already yours. Remember, you see what he's saying? He doesn't say, he doesn't say healing shall spring forth. He doesn't say revelation shall break forth. No, what does he say? Your healing. In other words, your healing is you already have it, but it is not manifesting. Uh, you know, do you know you're not sick trying to get well? No. You're healthy. Just resisting what? Sickness, sicknesses. Now, the health just springs forth how? Speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. Righteousness is what makes us children of God. When we are in right standing with God. Yeah? In other words, your sonship goes ahead of you. Before you enter an office for an interview, already the forces that be. Oh my goodness. People, you better believe these things. Otherwise, don't go hungry for nothing. I'm fasting, I'm fasting. And you don't even know why you're fasting. Huh? Righteousness goes before you. This is not Bono, now, Bananga. No, it's simply sonship. You know that thing of Jesus? Where he would be still a long way off and then pandemonium breaks out. The spiritual forces recognize sonship. I was reading this very interesting write-up by a certain guy whose sources I trust about a certain Catholic priest who walks in the power of God so much so that when they were they were having a conference in Kabale for young people and he was supposed to go a certain day but he had changed his mind that he would go three days later. So these people were expecting him. Then people who were demon possessed started manifesting demons and saying the man you're waiting for is not coming today. This guy is in Kampala. These people are in Kabale. He's, he's coming on Thursday. <laughs> Talk of righteousness going before you. I can assure you that that priest fasts. The demons were saying that <laughs> crying out, he's coming on Thursday. You think he's coming today? <laughs> because the program said he was coming that day. The demons already knew the man is coming on Thursday. They were anticipating him. Well, the people attending the conference thought he was coming that day. And indeed on Thursday, 30 minutes before his arrival, now that means he was probably like 30 kilometers away, pandemonium broke out in the conference. People were being delivered of demons like left, center, and right. Young people. And you know the good thing with young people, they are not like adults. They have nothing to pretend about. Yeah, like all the adults in here, everyone is looking good. Well, you know. That means before the guys are chaos. And by the time he showed up, oh my goodness. People were already healed before he showed up. Like from a distance. He hasn't yet arrived. Then people are getting healed. What now for us now? Play the third song. Repeat. What? You lay hands on people until they get a bald head. <laughs> Your righteousness is not going before you.
Come on, people. Are, are you with me? That's what I call walking in your identity as a daughter or son of God. Huh? I'll skip this one because of time. Hey. The Lord will guide you continually. Continually. Think about that. And satisfy your soul in drought. And strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water. Whose waters do not fail. I'm talking about the benefits of fasting. How many of you know you can be here in this church because it is in Naria and you live in Chariwajala? And you decided to come to worship harvest because it is near. And please, you're welcome to make this your church family. But how many of you, you might be here when God's will is for you to attend a church on Entebbe Road? Because the past, the people who are going to lead you into your destiny are over there in that church on Entebbe Road. Would you like to be guided by the Lord? I would like to. I would love to know because God knows. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. When was the last time you knew things to come? Or for you, you only know the things you see. Or even worse, you know the things that have already happened. Do you know by the time you read it on social media, oh my goodness. It already happened. Paul says, I wish that all of you prophesied, not reported. We are going to the ministry of prophecy, not journalism. All of us are reporting past and things that have already happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Come on, am I talking to someone? Am I talking at all? Maybe like the man from Masaka. He says he will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. In environments where everyone thinks everyone should be sad, crying, things are bad, your soul is satisfied. In drought. Huh? People come and say, what? Your husband did what? Me as me, I will have chucked him already. And people don't understand why you are continuing to flourish in a marriage where the man is less than ideal. No, 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 no. <laughs> they don't know your source. Your source is not the man. I'm telling you people, people, I don't know. We have uh, no more is overrated. Yeah, no more is overrated. Too, too many people are trying to be no more. Once no more when there's supernatural. Soul in drought. Even when you are in a uh, less than ideal relationship, you are flourishing. You're not depending on the other person to say I love you before you feel loved. Ah! You're like, I'm the daughter of the most high God. And my husband is still trying to find out who he really is. He doesn't know yet he married a princess. But one day it will occur to him. And when it occurs to him, I'll still be around. Oh my goodness. 
Says he will strengthen your bones. That's health right there. And you shall be like a watered garden. Have you ever found a garden that has gone without water? For some time. You know nowadays it's been rain, raining too much. So all gardens look the same. Thanks to the heavens. <laughs> but they are, when it's not raining, there are some people who are not really good at taking care of their garden. So you, you go there and the only thing that's doing well is the cactus. But he says, You shall be like a watered garden, last green. You, you, uh, you know, the mo- people who have been on the highest demand recently, people who cut grass. Mama, grass cutters. And then the boss is I'm busy. Why? Too much rain. When you're over flourishing, in, in, you even have to chop, chop, cook of things off to be as if okay. Ay, 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 ay. That's total, complete, incredible prosperity. Katumalize. Huh? First 12. Those from among you, hmm? those from among you here, shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Um, are you seeing that over your notes? This idea that people will become worse and worse, teenagers are uh, difficult, what those things will apply to you. Where's the amen? amen? Because when you raise up foundations of what? Many generations. You do things that are going to impact four generations later. People will be flourishing and living prosperous lives, and they don't even know the reason they are living prosperous, healed, married. Uh, okay, well, married, blessed, financially secure, uh, anointed lives is because 100 years before you existed and you laid foundations. You are a giant killer. Joseph was flourishing in the court of Pharaoh because of the faith of Abraham. (laughs) Joseph became a prime minister of the most powerful nation on earth because of the faith of his great-grandfather. That's what I mean, generational Oh, 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 I'm done here. I'm done here. Oh, yeah. Raise up the foundation of many generations. It shall be called the repair of the bit, restore of streets to dwell in. You, you start catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world today, and as a result, 50 years from now, 100 years from now. Why? Because we understood how to unlock heaven. This is what I need you to do. This week, choose two days, two only, two days to fast. Just two, for yourself. You want, if you want the whole week, take the whole week. But choose go like two. See how it goes. And if you like it so much, then choose another two the other week. Then, then you just keep choosing two. Amen. Yeah, do not be like the man who had the word and didn't do anything about it. 
Yeah, you, you are wise. You hear the word and you implement. God bless you. Our service is done. It's done late, but it is done. Amen. So help me stand up right now. Take one person's hand. Look them in the eye and speak some encouragement to them. To them. Yeah. Bless them. Bless them. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.